Choosing a college is a family decision in most households, so connecting with the parents of current and future applicants is vital. In this episode of Office Hours, EAB's Kathy Dolly and Al Newell talk about the role that parents play in the recruitment process, the communication channels they prefer, and where cost ranks among their biggest concerns. Spoiler alert, it's at the very top of the list, according to EAB's latest survey. Thank you for joining, and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. Uh, my name is Al Newell. I'm a senior consultant and principal at EAB Enrollment Services, and a real pleasure to be with you today. And um, I have the great honor to be joined by my colleague and friend, uh, Kathy Dolly. Kathy, quick hello to our to our guests today. And um, Hello, Al. Thank you. I'm Kathy Dolly, Managing Director of Partner Success in our EAB Undergraduate Enrollment Services area. Al, it's a pleasure to see you. Yeah, I have to say, uh, in the pandemic, uh, connecting via Zoom seems to be the way our lives are going, and uh, and, and we'll make the best of it from that standpoint. Uh, real pleasure to have everyone with us today to talk about our 2020 Parent Communications Preferences Survey. And Kathy, I know uh, this has been of great interest to both of us as uh, practitioners and, and working closely with students and now parents in that recruitment process. So I thought I would just maybe frame a little bit about the survey for our guest today, and then I, I want to get your thoughts on a couple more specific areas there. Um, our timing this year was fortuitive. We, we generally uh, issue the survey uh, every other year in late winter, early spring, and so we were all poised to do that this year when the pandemic occurred. And um, so we actually delayed um, the um, deployment of the survey by a couple of weeks so that we could get some COVID related questions in there. But just to give you a sense, uh, we had uh, slightly over 2,500 uh, respondents to the survey. 71% uh, of them uh, had a bachelor's degree or higher. We had a nice mix of, of parents of students at varying times in their high school career, about 8% uh, about were freshmen, 30% were sophomores, 61% were juniors, and a senior cohort of about 17%. Nice representation geographically. We had a slightly lower um, response rate from the Northeast, but, uh, and Kathy, you may want to offer some thoughts on that in, in just a moment. But the good news is we went back and did uh, statistical analysis and there were no statistically significant differences based upon geography. And the final piece of this, uh, broad representation in terms of ethnicity. And the final piece, um, which I think I certainly found interesting and would love your thoughts on it, was how it broke, so many of these responses broke down along income bands. Mm -hmm. uh, and for purposes of the, of the survey, we considered lower income families to be in that zero to $60,000 range, middle income 60 to 120 and 120 and above higher income. And we saw just some interesting differences based upon those in, income bands. So I'd maybe use that as a starting point and maybe give us sort of thoughts and reactions to what you saw in the survey that, that was of particular interest to you. Absolutely, Al. And it, it, I would mention first, it didn't surprise us in any way about our slightly less robust representation in the Northeast. If we marry that to the timing, the adjusted timing of our survey, right. we're giving the Northeast a sense of grace for what was going on in that region at that time with the virus. Um, right. 
nonetheless, plenty of Northeast parents in there. And um, the first thing I'd say, and and by the way, EAB conducts this survey of high school, college-bound high school student parents every two years. So we have a baseline from 2018 um, to compare on most of our metrics here. Um, one thing that is certain coming away from this year's version, um, parents very much want to hear from our colleges and universities. Right. And we put that in context this year, 71% of the survey respondents stated they very much wanted to hear from colleges and universities. Um, and that's remarkable given the spring, the last spring timeframe. Um, we all wondered um, if there had been a sea change in that regard. And indeed there was not, there was a very emphatic, yes, we want to hear from you. Um, so I'll going right where you started in terms of specific questions. Um, we did compare um, parents in the 2020, spring 2020 survey results to parents from 2018 on a significantly important set of answers to the following questions. Um, when, um, when you think about college and university affordability for your son and daughter, what price, what cost are you willing to pay each year? And right. This means out of pocket after scholarships, after aid, um, and we, not to quote um, actual finding metrics here, but to go with the big storyline. And that is across all income groupings. So we had a low income grouping, middle and high. Um, the, the amount parents are willing to pay each year for their son or daughter's college education is significantly less today than it was in 2018. Makes sense, right? Um, in the, if we marry the pandemic with economic um, hardships, but this was true across the spectrum of family income levels. Um, so I'll stop and I wonder if I um, if that brings any further questions to mind for you, Al? Yeah, well I, well, I think what was interesting, and as you and you sort of alluded to, there were sort of three buckets that we put the responses into. There was the uh, first sort of the COVID bucket. And mm -hmm. certainly, and we deployed the survey uh, in, in mid-March and carried in, and left it in the field until early April. So clearly that was a, a different time than, than today. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think some of the things that we saw relative to parents saying that, you know, the COVID environment was absolutely going to impact whether or not they visited or attempted to visit college campus for a face-to-face -face mm -hmm. visit. Mm -hmm. And we've certainly seen an uptick in, in our, our partners uh, utilizing virtual tours of varying types to sort of you know, supplement for, for their inability to have folks on campus. I, I do think one of the things, again, getting back to the income piece of things was, was surprised by the degree to which it was having an impact, a greater impact on those lower income families, um, which when you think about it, makes sense, I mean, right? Because you probably have um, uh, a higher percentage of frontline workers uh, among that group. 
you, you, you certainly have a higher percentage of folks who may be at a, a, a more challenging socioeconomic status uh, and in the pandemic that, that, that affecting them. Um, but I think what was interesting as you, as you sort of point out relative to cost was how much um, the impact really was with all three groups. That that those higher income families were saying, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to factor cost more into consideration, mm-hmm. and, and and beyond the obvious things of concern about in in the case of higher income families, maybe the value of their portfolio or whatnot, because we were at a time of great uncertainty in terms mm-hmm. of that. I was just struck by the fact that that was an area where the three groups really sort of mirrored each other. Maybe the dollar amount was different, but the concern was still there. From that standpoint. Absolutely right, Al. I think it all rolls up to this point, um, a direct result of the findings in the survey across a lot of different questions. Um, It's a universal truth, no matter what a family's income circumstance, that affordability is a critical concern. And it's an interesting thing, and um, we learned, this was confirmed for us again in this year's version of the survey, Gen Z and Gen Z's journey in the college search process um, is is characterized by a partnership with parents in ways that have not always been true for their predecessors. Um, And so we explored in the survey, in this partnership, are there differentiated areas uh, of interest comparing the parents and students, and indeed they are. Um, Affordability tops the list of concerns uh, in a number of metrics, Um, cost, scholarships, but also debt incurred. So it's it's the whole bucket of of financial concerns. And um, they are, parents are by their own student delegated the part of the college selection process that is financial. So they're driving the bus on that part of the selection, whereas their son or daughter is more in control of fit and other environmental and academic variables of preference that will guide their decision-making. Yeah, well, one of the sort of the juxtapositions here that's intriguing to me, Kathy, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, a family's ability to pay contrasted with their willingness to pay. And I think one of the things that we understandably saw in the survey results is that uh, perhaps there was, if, if, the, if the ability to pay was sort of in question in their mind, am, am I going to have a job six months from now? Am I going to be able to make the mortgage payment or wh- whatever it might be? Clearly that was coming under that category of, of ability to pay, but I think it was also closely followed by a willingness to pay, you know, a higher price ticket. So curious about your thoughts there as sort of that, 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 um, that ability to pay versus a willingness to pay and how that uh, may be uh, changes in, in how parents perceive this, this, these factors in the process. That's a a wonderful transition point question, Al. Thank you for it. Uh, Into other areas of the survey, because Mm -hmm. um, is it worth it? Um, Is this cost worth it? Is really answered by a whole bunch of non-financial things. 
So part of the work of this survey was to um, get a sense for how parents were searching or uh, joining their sons and daughters in, in the search process. Right. And when they were searching, what did they want to know about? Yeah. And you mentioned at the start here that um, we our sample includes freshmen, sophomores, juniors. Um, so it turns out there are real differences. Yeah. Um, and so if it's okay with you, Al, I think we could pivot into the, at least the first of those areas, which is sure. where are parents looking for information yeah. about college? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and the answer is not a spoiler here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're mm -hmm. on the web. Um, and specifically on our partners um, or our institutional colleagues, um, .edu. Um, but they're getting there by way of Google search. And so um, we, we know how important uh, keeping track of one's uh, search optimization act, uh, efforts and all of that makes um, very, very big sense, perhaps even greater sense now um, that we are in this almost exclusively digital um, environment for a while still. So um, parents uh, of a lot of in information sources, we tested with them. Um, they go to college websites, search engines, um, most often campus visits right. there, but of course it, it's a very variable dimension whether they can or want to do that. Um, right. They um, tell us that in web searches, 51%, um, so half of them uh, discovered a school they'd not previously considered. And that's- Interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. Um, so there's a message here from both of us and from all of EAB, right, about um, staying on top of uh, optimization um, and making the first time visitor and frequent visitors um, welcome and making making it easy for them to find what they need. And we can talk about where they what they look for first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. I was I was really intrigued. You and I spent a lot of our days looking at data, and you know, uh, at at some levels, I guess we could say we're not always easily impressed. You know, uh, yes, by, exactly. by, by data. You know, questioning it. But one of the data elements that really stood out to me, sort of as I stepped back and looked at the entire uh, survey uh, data component was the degree to which, and you mentioned this earlier, the website is really becoming their driving engine. I think we've we've known that about students for a good while, but I think this is something that's just really sort of taking on a, a life of its own with the parents. And what I was struck by, and in a couple of data points here, 93% of the parents said that they were looking at the websites of schools that their child was considering, 93%. That was very closely followed, 86% of them said a well-designed college website improved their opinion of a college. Um, 
immediately followed by 81% of them telling us that a poorly designed website reduces my confidence in a college. You know, so it's almost as if, and as, as they're looking at a college or a university, you know, the website is the placeholder for quality. And, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's amazing when you think about how much emphasis they're placing both affirmatively, they're going to the websites, they're using it. They, and if it's a good website, the opinion of the college, you know, moves up. Conversely, if it's not a good website, if it takes a long time for pages to load, if they can't quickly find whatever information they're interested in, in knowing more about, um, they're going to have a, a, a view of the, of the institution that's more pejorative. Absolutely. Would, yes. would, would, would welcome your thoughts on that as to, as to I, I think that has powerful stuff. And so what does that tell us for our partners that, that they should be doing in light of that information? Absolutely, Al. It, it's, it was stunning for us, the skeptics on data, right. <laughs> as right. you described, um, right. to see how judgmental yeah. um, parents were, were attending, trending toward um, about this vehicle. But let's think about it for a minute. Um, we rely on um, the internet and for digital sources for just about everything in life. We've done that reliance, we have that reliance more intensely right now. And so making a visit to a .edu site um, agreeable, warm, easy, um, the apples don't fall far from the tree. So we have Gen Z sons and daughters applying to college who are digital natives and they have absolutely no patience. Right. Slow loads, hard to find, whatever. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're gone. If, if they encounter that, they're gone, right? That's right. So you have to assume that there's some of that at the parent yeah. level too, right? Yeah. Right. Um, one of the, the, the trivia points that's not so trivial that we learned in the survey as well is that when um, parents uh, do a Google search, the most um, frequent way of searching is by major. Right. So that opens a whole area of attention required um, at our institutions because that's a complex ecosystem. Yeah. And just checking to make sure that landing pages are appropriate for first-time visitors, right. visitors, and that the information is up to date, um, clear, fun, even right. <laughs> would be a wonderful thing. Um, and are we looking to make sure that the bragging points, which are really important, that might be on the career services website sure. about students in a particular major that we're cross-pollinating and making sure those links. Yeah, I think sort of put put simply, particularly as it relates to, to majors and, and programs, which I was greatly reassured that that was of, of great interest to them. But yeah. what it tells us is the days of, of putting a faculty bio and a course syllabi and letting that be the, you know, the, the landing page, those days aren't going to work. Right. Um, you know, they want a, a better sense of, you mentioned outcomes, an extremely important uh, focal point uh, throughout the survey of, of, you know, 
and, and it's understandable in tight economic, I mean, you know, that's going to be a factor no matter what, but in tight, tight economic times, it's even going to be more of a factor, I think, for many, for many parents from that standpoint. Right. And Al, we should mention that lots of our partners are taking full advantage of their U-Visit tour. Right. Hotspots, tour spots. Right. To make sure that there are linkages by major um, where there is a an immersive content and exciting content piece um, that can be um, can be utilized. So parents can visit those too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another element of this that was interesting to me, Kathy, was um, because we asked sort of parents, tell us more about what you are most interested in knowing when your son or daughter is a freshman in high school about the college process versus their sophomore year, junior year, senior year. And some of this, I think, was self-evident. You know, they're, they're most concerned about, you know, residence hall options later in that cycle and more concerned about admission processes and those sorts of things earlier in the cycle or when they're getting ready to, to apply to college universities. I'd be curious in your thoughts and reactions as to how that calendar plays out and, and what in your work with partners uh, you're suggesting that they do to make sure they are addressing those needs as parents and students go through that process, particularly in light of the fact that we all know within the, the growing cohort is students who are uh, first generation college students. And so there may not be support at home to, to, to encourage campus visits and those sorts of things. So the, again, back to that point we were making earlier, the website is really the sort of the, the placeholder for those other experiences that maybe are not possible in the COVID environment. But talk to us a little bit about uh, sort of that, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a parent of a, of a freshman in high school. How does it, how does that make my perspective different than if I'm a parent of a senior in high school? Absolutely, Al. It, this is really important. Um, and I, you've made an important point here and that is about lower income, less supported, less access to counselor students. Um, we, the general impression is that uh, students uh, in that category have less support from their parents. But we did dig down into lower income or um, less than college educated parent respondents. And right. there's, yeah, they're distracted more, sure, than, than the uh, folks with more resources but they're very interested in this and very invested in it. So um, it certainly crosses all spectrum of, of student and family type. Um, and so when um, we should share with our podcast listeners the insights we gathered from having done a quick poll in a webinar, you and I, right. where we asked, um, I don't know, I think over a hundred mm -hmm. um, participants um, to tell us which high school year was their focus most on for communication with prospective parents or parents of prospective students. Right. And wasn't it stunning um, yeah. that communication was in the senior year? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the big secret here, the tip for the day is that parent conflow in the sophomore and junior year can be um, differentiating right. from the institution for sure. 
Um, so all that said, um, I um, there were some differences in terms of need to know or specific contact content areas. Um, and anyone who's listening can certainly request um, some more information from us about, right. about this. We asked about things like costs and scholarships and admission requirements and majors and minors and degree programs, financial aid, application deadlines, student housing options, funding, general information. Um, so, you know, when would you like to receive the information on these topics is the question. So quite an array of things. Yeah. And as we expected, um, parents of sophomores kind of want a little bit of information about everything. Um, yeah. But as you hinted out, student housing options, they're not there yet. Yeah, no. so A lot more general stuff. I get worried about where I'm going to live right when I'm getting ready to live there. Right, right. <laughs> not not two years in advance of that. That's right. And so um, really emphatically want to know about stuff um, and, as sophomores, uh, sophomore parents, but believe it or not, less so about the cost side of this. Right. So they're in an exploration phase, um, for sure. Um, and we know from our ongoing research at EAB, if we want to win hearts and minds in the admission funnel, the sophomore year is the time to be in doing it. Yeah, um, That's when some really big bonds um, can be developed. Now, juniors too, um, but uh, their parents are a little bit more specifically um, prioritizing almost everything. Right. So that's the heavy duty, tell up, tell them lots about right. everything year. Um, and interestingly, we didn't see a whole lot of people concentrating on right. that. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so there's opportunity right there. Opportunity, I think. Yeah. Um, so senior year, um, guess what pops? It's the cost yeah. scholarship. Surprise, and, surprise. Um, and aid packages. Yeah. And also the atmospheric variables, they're, they're close to it. So housing, um, environment fit, it's all very, very, um, very, very important there. So, yeah. but junior year is the big deal year, I think. Well, the year we need to take advantage of, for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to be mindful. We have a, a few minutes remaining, and I have a couple of things we want to leave our our guests with. I'm curious. You know, it, it's in most areas of the country, um, the communication with parents of rising college freshmen in 2020 seemed to revolve around, not exclusively, but in large part around a, a safe return to campus and what that was going to look like. Uh, of course, we're now in a different phase of the pandemic. You know, the, the vaccines are starting to hit the market, but um, Unfortunately, we still have lots of hot spots. Curious, let's get our crystal balls out here and, and sort of try to predict um, how that parent and student perception of, of a safe return to campus, what, what's the dynamic there from your perspective, Kathy? It, that's a very important question, Al. And, and you and I both know from many years of watching surveys carefully, our beloved data, yeah. um, that parents, have always prioritized campus campus safety and security. Right. 
And my takeaway from the cycle of 2020 recruiting students is that that became paramount, but it also became a very complex, you couldn't define it as right. easily as, so in the past we thought about it as crime. Is there crime yeah. or- Give me the safe, give me the safety, <clears throat> excuse me, the safety brochure that you're required to, to provide to me. Yeah, right. right. And I'll read that and I'll have all my questions answered. So it's still that. And then in the spring and the summer, we were thinking in very big ways about that being COVID. Right. So how will my son or daughter be protected? And how are you going to make sure that he or she is healthy um, on, on campus? Right. But we also added um, a dimension of racism and awoke an awakening across the country. Right. So we began to think, wow, that's another dimension mm -hmm. of safety and security um, for parents. Um, so it's all of those things, right? Yep. And um, in many ways, we can see ourselves coming out the other side, potentially as um, institutions who have a new story to tell um, about how safe um, and how caring and thoughtful they have been about protecting the health of their students through this process, of their faculty, their staff. There's a lot of new storytelling that can happen there and some parental confidence that will come with that. I think all of our anti-racist focus and activities on all of our campuses will help us there as well. Um, but I don't know about you, Al, I, I come away from that cycle from this year, understanding that things got at once more complicated and yet more clear. Yeah, right? yep, agreed, yeah. All right, well, I think we should leave our guests with a couple of uh, tips and reminders and I'll, 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 I'll polish up my crystal ball first and offer mine then if you, if you wanna, want to wrap us up on that. I, I, I think the, the thing that I would say to, to our colleagues around the country is to focus on the things you have control over. Uh, you do have a great deal of control over your website. We've clearly established how critical that is. Um, and so working, if you don't have direct responsibility for that within your portfolio, at least getting with the folks at your institution who do, sharing some of these data with them, again, we're happy to provide that, to, to allow you to take that forward to, to sort of win that, win that argument. And the second piece of advice I would offer is to recognize just how critical cost in the minds of families are and or is as, as, a, as an issue that they're focused on. Um, and that's only been heightened by the pandemic, and I don't see that going away. Kathy, what would you add to that to that list? I would add a total agreement, Al, and also a spirit of thanks and gratitude, not only for joining us on this podcast, but also for all that you're doing for your students and all that you will do in renewed ways um, in the upcoming uh spring, fall semesters. We've learned a lot, Al, haven't we? Indeed. Um, collectively as an industry. And there's still an awful lot to worry about, but here we are. 
And Indeed. thank you, Al. It was a pleasure to be with you. It was a pleasure to be with you as always, Kathy, sort of talking through these things. And I just want to thank our guests who joined us today. And uh, please tune in again soon for the next uh, episode of Office Hours with EAB. And uh, God bless and stay safe. Thanks, folks. Join us next week when EAB's Tom Sugar is joined by Paula Short, head of the Houston GPS system, to talk about how efforts to eliminate equity gaps in higher education have evolved over time and how the two are working together to involve more colleges in the effort today through EAB's Moonshot for Equity. Thanks again for listening to Office Hours with EAB.